I want to preach on how to live well. How to live well. And you may be thinking, oh, okay. And we've all got different thoughts going on in our heads when we see that. You might think, oh, living well is having a big house and a big car and a boat and, you know, retired or <laughs> not having to work anymore, not have to study anymore. That's living well, <laughs> you know. But um, I'm, I want to preach from a, a passage in the book of Acts. And this is where Paul is towards the end of his ministry, towards the end of his journey, and he's on the way in one of his travels. And he's about to, to face um, towards the end of his life, actually. And we'll read into that when we get there. And in the book of Acts chapter 20, uh, he's gone uh, to speak to the leaders of one of the churches. He's going to the groups uh, and churches and to the believers. And he is basically delivering last messages to them just to encourage them and to, to raise them up into a new place of faith and just to help them to continue, you know, because um, it became, you know, when it came time for Jesus to face the cross, he gave them fair warning, okay, to prepare them for it. And Paul's doing the same thing here with the believers because, you know, they were going through some very difficult times. And uh, for him to, to face what he was about to face, he was giving them um, ample warning so that they could somehow deal with it. Take it to the Lord in prayer first. Sometimes, you know, we don't want to know about stuff, but sometimes we need to know stuff so that we can take it to the Lord in prayer, okay? So I want to encourage us with this word. So it says, in Ephesus, he called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, you know, from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you. So I'm going to take this through verse by verse. So he's basically saying, from the first day that I came to Asia, like when I first started out on my missions trips, when my journeys for the Lord, for my preaching itinerary actually started and I began to travel for the Lord, he said, from that time, you know, from the first day, in what manner I always lived among you. He's basically saying, you know that I've been a good witness. You know that I have lived properly and done rightly among you. When I started this race, I started it in the right manner. And he says, I lived among you. And as I was kind of reading this, I was thinking, how important it is for the people of God, especially those who are sowing into the lives of believers and trying to inject faith into them and encourage them, how important it is to live among them. And uh, Lainey and I, we were on the mission field for about, we travelled for about 15, 16 years in Africa and Asia and different places. And there were certain places where the, we always lived among the people. We always have lived among the people and some of them are still best friends of ours and we can go back anywhere to those places. We lived among them. But sometimes they would tell us, you know, these missionaries would come from overseas and they said they wouldn't live with us. They would go and live in the hotels and they, would, uh, they wouldn't eat our food. We would give them our best 
You know, they would, they would, sometimes we ate stuff we didn't want to eat. But we just prayed over it and we knew that it was the best that they had to give. Sometimes it was just some potatoes and some animal fat. And it's like, ah, I don't want to eat that. But we'd just say, thank you so much. God bless you. We'd pray a blessing over it. And whoever of us wasn't feeling too sick on that day would eat the most. Because <laughs> that's how it was sometimes. And we didn't want to offend them. We lived among them. And, you know, it, it matters to people. It matters. So he's saying, you know from the first day what manner I always lived among you. And he said, I'm serving the Lord. He actually came to serve them, but he was serving the Lord. That was his first calling. He said, I was serving the Lord with all humility. With all humility. And you might think, wow, that's pretty proud. To say you're humble is quite prideful. No, he was being honest. He's saying, I was serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. So he's basically saying, I came and lived with you. I chose to. I was serving the Lord. I was doing it in humility, not with pride. And it was tough. He said, there were many tears and many trials. Tears, tears speaks about what happens in private. You know, tears are mostly in private. You know, a lot of us cry mostly in private. You don't want people to see you cry. And most of us cry more than people know, yeah? Tears are usually in private. They're personal, they're private. But trials are usually more evident and more obvious. When you're going through a trial, People usually know it. They can usually sense it. You know, people are into reading body language and, you know, tone of your voice or, you know, you're just not around so much anymore. You know, people can see it and they sense it. So tears are more personal and private. But trials were public, okay? Very evident. So he said, I've dealt with all these things, but I've still served the Lord with humility, even though I've suffered persecution and people are plotting against me. He said, I'm still serving God. People may come against you and give you tears and give you trials, but still continue to serve the Lord. And then he says this, even though I was going through all these difficulties, I kept back nothing that was helpful. I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you, and I taught you publicly and from house to house. So he was saying, you know, I was going through some really tough times. I was crying in private. I was being challenged in public and persecuted, but I didn't keep anything back. I didn't think, oh, I better not say too much because I get in more trouble. <laughs> he didn't do that. He said, I kept back nothing that was helpful to you. He wanted to do everything he could to equip them and to help them so that they could continue on like he was continuing on, so that their faith would remain. He said, I proclaimed it to you. In other words, I told you and I taught you. You know, some people can tell you but they don't teach you. 
I think there's probably nothing more frustrating sometimes than somebody tells you something, but they don't teach you how to do it. Okay? Go and make me a cup of coffee. I don't know how to make a coffee. No one taught me. You know? They tell you what to do, but they don't teach you how to do it. So he was preparing. He said, I didn't hold anything back. I wanted to help you as much as I could. I told you publicly, and I taught you as well, privately. So in big groups and in small groups, from house to house. You know, some people, sad to say right now, he was a wonderful, wonderful apostle, a wonderful leader, a wonderful example. But sadly, there are some these days who would never do this. They might proclaim, but they'll do it for a price. They won't even come and preach unless you give them a certain amount of money to come. Yeah? Sad but true. They would never, never go to a person's house and teach them. Just a few people. Right, you got six people? No way. You know? Too small. Because they think too big. But he said, I hold nothing back. I just want to help you. I will tell you. I will teach you. And he's saying, this is what I've done. This is what I've done. He's trying to teach them to do what he has done. And he said, I've testified to Jews and also to Greeks. Everybody. He didn't just say, look, you know what? I'll share the gospel only with Indians or Asians, but not Africans and not Australians. <laughs> he didn't do that. He said, everybody. Everybody needs the Lord. They all need the gospel. He testified to Jews and to Greeks, Jews and non-Jews, Jews and Gentiles, okay? What did he tell them? You need to repent. Repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. He taught them what they needed to inherit eternity, to be right with God, to repent. That means to turn from your ways. Turn from your ways, turn towards God, repent and have faith. That's what it says in Romans 10. If you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, you believe, you repent, you will be saved. You will be saved. That's what he was preaching about. Salvation of the soul, our eternal destiny. And he says, see... I've done all these things and now look, I sound so successful, but look, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. He's going as a prisoner. Of course, he's not bound right then, but he's bound by the will of God, by the call of God for his life, not necessarily all of us, but for him. He said, I go bound in the spirit. In the will of God, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. He's saying, see this? Watch me. Watch me. I'm going. Watch me. I'm going. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going. And no one can stop him. <laughs> Amazing. You know, when you hear from God... You've just got to go. You've just got to do what he calls you to do. 
even if you don't know what's going to happen. He said, I don't know what's going to happen while I get there. If I stay here, I can probably predict what's going to happen to me. Just like you, if you stay where you are, you can probably predict right now what's going to happen to you. But if God says, I want you to go there, without telling you too much, are you going to go? He said, I'm going. I'm going. Not knowing the things that will happen to me there. Watch me, guys. Watch me. Except this. He did know this. He said, I don't know what's going to happen, but he said, I do know this. The Holy Spirit testifies in every city. He'd gone to so many cities on this journey. Now he's in Ephesus. He said, the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Wow. That's not good news. <laughs> That's not good news. If you go there, bad stuff's going to happen. Are you going to go? Ah. He said, I'm going. I, I, I kind of know it's going to happen. I don't know all the details, but I know that chains and tribulations await me. I'm still going because the Holy Spirit has warned me. He's spoken to me. He's spoken to me in every city where I've gone. In every city where he was, somebody said to him, hey, you know what's going to happen? This and this. Chains and tribulations. And he didn't stay in that city and he didn't turn around and go back. He kept going, 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 going. And encouraging the believers, knowing that. If you knew that you were going to have a really bad week this week, would you go to work? Or would you want to stay home? <laughs> We'd want to stay home, wouldn't we, honestly? But he said, I'm going to keep going because I know I'm in the will of God. God's always been with me and he always will be, no matter what. He's been through stuff before. He's been shipwrecked. He's been beaten. He's been almost dead. And God has been with him and raised him up and been there. So he said, I'm going. So he's saying, this, all this bad stuff they're telling me. And he said, but, but none of these things move me. None of these things bother me. I'm not afraid. I'm not gripped with fear. I'm not gripped with doubt. I'm trusting God. And he said, not only that, I'm not scared. He's saying, nor do I count my life dear to me. I don't count my life dear to me. We all count our lives dear to us. We don't want bad stuff to happen to us. We don't want to get sick. We don't want to get hurt. We don't want to get harmed. Our lives are important to us. But he's saying, you know what? I don't count my life dear to myself. He's counted the will of God more dear to him. You know, until we get to that point, we're never going to be like him. Okay? But that's okay. None of these things move me, and I don't count my life dear to myself. It sounds like he doesn't care. But he does. He cares very deeply because he's right there encouraging them to follow in his footsteps. Why is he saying that? So I can finish my race with joy. If he was saying, I want to preserve myself, 
I want to preserve my life, I want to keep myself safe, then he said, I can't finish my race. I can't finish my race with joy. If I don't get the job done, I won't be happy. That's what he's saying. I can't finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus, God has called me to this. That's what he's saying. doesn't mean God's called you and I to this kind of suffering. But he definitely called him. He said, the ministry I've received is to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So he's basically saying, no matter what happens to me, God's grace is still with me. God's goodness is still there, no matter what. I'm not afraid. I don't count my, my life as dear to me as the call of God. I want to finish this race. And of course, later, uh, he said, you know, I finished the race, kept the faith. Hallelujah. He did it. And he's encouraging them to do the same thing. Keep going, guys. Finish the race. Don't stop halfway. Don't be afraid. Don't quit. Don't give up. Continue on. This was his race. This is not my race. And it's not your race. My race is my race. Your race is your race. Your race is your race. This was his race. This was his call. Okay? So don't sit there going, Oh my God, don't ask me to do that. You know? That's what we do sometimes. We get scared. God's not trying to scare us. He's trying to say, you know, Matt, you know, you know what? No matter what, whatever you face, you can have faith. You can have courage. The grace of God will carry you through. That's what he's saying. And this is what he's saying too. How do I live? How, how, how have I been able to, to live this strong? Because he was focused on God. He said, I have coveted no, man, no one's silver or gold or apparel. He's kept his eyes on the prize of the call of God. He hasn't looked at worldly things, money, stuff, clothes, brand names, the best of this, the best of that. He said, I didn't want any of that stuff. I just wanted what I needed. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. He says, yes. You yourselves know. He's saying, I wasn't looking for stuff. He's saying, you know what? You yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I don't know why those lights keep coming on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Maybe the angels are appealed. But he said, these hands have provided for my necessities. In other words, I'm not afraid of hard work. I'm not afraid to work hard. I have provided. I haven't bludged off anyone. I haven't begged for anything. I've worked hard. These hands have worked hard. When he wasn't preaching the gospel, he was a tent maker, <coughs> making tents, working hard, okay? He said, these hands have worked hard. Jesus was a carpenter. They were hard workers. They were diligent and hard-working. And sometimes, you know, I hear people say, oh, I just want to retire by the time I'm 40. It's like, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> he said, I provided for my necessities. In other words, I didn't rely on anybody. I didn't, I was not a burden to people. He said, not only that, I provided for those who were with me. 
those who were traveling with him, those who were his friends, those who were around him, he was generous. He was hardworking, he was diligent, and he was generous. He wasn't some ooky spooky kind of apostle who was holier than thou. He was not like that. He was a down-to-earth, hard-working guy. And he said this, I've shown you in every way. I've shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. So he's basically saying, if you're a hard worker, you're diligent, you're generous, you're strong. You're strong. Because you can support yourself and you can help support others. And then he says this, and we've heard this many times, and remember, remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it's more blessed to give than to receive. That was the last thing that he left them with then. So this, this was his message, how to live your life well. From the beginning, he was saying basically, be consistent, keep going. You're not always going to know what's going to happen, but keep going. God will bring you through every situation. Don't be gripped by fear, but have faith. Make a choice. I'm not going to let this thing grip me with fear. I'm going to have faith. God's being with me. God's going to continue to be with me. Okay? And he's saying, don't be distracted and don't be greedy for worldly stuff. Keep your eye on the prize. Do what God has called you to do. Do it your way. Work your way. Work with the Lord. Walk with the Lord. And then he's saying, the blessing is with those who are generous. The blessing is with those who are generous. And the last verse I want to go to is back in the, New, the Old Testament. And this was what the Lord spoke to the children of God. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you. Now he's speaking this to a nation. But I bring it down to a personal level. Walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you that you may live and that it may be well with you and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. So when you and I walk with the Lord in what he's commanded us to do, you know, God speaks to us and deals with us individually. How is he telling you to live well? How is he telling you to conduct yourself? And what manner, like Paul said, what manner are you conducting yourself? That it may be well with you, that you may live a long and prosperous life in the land that God has given you. God has given you this land. You're here now. Stake your claim. Stick with God and he'll stick with you. He will bring you through no matter what. There may be tears, tears and there may be trials, but God will bring you through, just like he brought Paul through. Amen? Be consistent. You won't always know what the future holds. God will always bring you through. Don't be moved by fear. Be moved by faith. Don't chase worldly things. I can't even read that. Be obedient and diligent. Be generous 
The generous will have joy and be examples of God's goodness. Amen. Father, we just thank you. Lord, we just thank you that you show us through your word, just through this simple passage of what Paul was trying to instill in the believers to increase their level of faith. That as he lived his life well, publicly before them, serving you with all his heart, being strong and courageous no matter what he faced, Lord, he could increase their faith. Lord, I just thank you that you've given us these directives. Help us, Lord, not to be moved by fear, but to move in faith, not be distracted, but be fully focused on you. Lord, I thank you that when he imparted this to them, they all kneeled down. He prayed for them. They wept, they kissed him, and he left and went on his way. Lord, help us to go on our way with you, no matter what. To live well, to represent you well. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, anyone needs prayer? Buy run online. If anyone needs prayer, I want to pray with you. Say hi to somebody and have an awesome week. Amen. Amen. Amen.